Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. And this week, the big interview. And we are not talking Oprah, Meghan Markle, and Prince Harry. We are talking about Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback who publicly speaks out for the first time since his team traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts, paving the way for Jalen Hurts to become the undisputed starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We hear his thoughts on the trade of Wentz and what to expect for the upcoming season. And quarterbacks are always in the news and will continue to be in the news as we begin to look forward to the start of the new league year, Wednesday, March 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern. And there are three big quarterbacks, and let's hit on each one of them before we get to Jalen Hurts. There's Russell Wilson, there's Deshaun Watson, there's Dak Prescott. In regards to Russell Wilson, here's the thought. We keep hearing the Texans say, we are not trading Deshaun Watson, which they may or may not, but for now, they are adamant that they're not going to budge there and they're not going to move him. Have we heard the Seattle Seahawks say that, to my knowledge yet? Have we heard the Seahawks say, we are not trading Russell Wilson? Now, that doesn't mean that they are trading him because a trade is difficult. They'd have to count $39 million in dead cap money against their cap. And the teams that Russell Wilson wants to go to don't have a readily identifiable quarterback alternative to offer up in a trade to Seattle. If they trade him to Chicago, I don't think the Seahawks are counting on Nick Foles saving their season in 2021. They trade him to the Saints. Don't think Seattle is willing to build around Taysom Hill. Cowboys can't trade Dak Prescott. He's not under contract. And the other team, the Las Vegas Raiders, seems intent on moving forward with Derek Carr. So really, Seattle's in a situation where it has to get great value and it has to be willing to eat $39 million. We haven't heard them say we are willing to do this, but we certainly haven't heard them say we aren't willing to do this. In regards to Deshaun Watson, the clock doesn't start ticking in my mind till about two weeks before the draft, because until then, it really does not feel like the Texans are going to budge in their stance. Now, if the NFL draft is getting underway that last Thursday in April and the Texans are as dug in as they are now, well, then it's going to get interesting because then we've got a team that truly will not back down from its stance of we won't trade our quarterback for a player who vows not to play for that team again. So that one, again, I think we can table until later in April, though, let's see if I'm proven wrong there. And the most time-sensitive one for now appears to be Dak Prescott. The new league year starts a week from Wednesday. The Cowboys will have to put the franchise tag on Dak Prescott to the tune of $37.7 million, which is the single largest franchise tag ever given out to a player. And if Dak Prescott is on the franchise tag this year, that means two things. That means there is less room for the Cowboys to keep other players and they'd be forced to move on from certain players at certain times because of the money it would cost to keep Dak Prescott. Plus, Dak Prescott would have the ability after this year to up and walk away from Dallas as a free agent, just leave, become the 2022 version of what happened when Kirk Cousins left Washington and was able to command a fully guaranteed contract for the Minnesota Vikings. And that was Kirk Cousins. Can you imagine? how much interest there would be next offseason in Dak Prescott. 
if he and the Cowboys can't figure out a long-term deal now and the cost of franchising him next year will be over $50 million, which Dallas couldn't do, which means Dallas would be in a position to lose its quarterback, which means Dak would be able to cash in with more leverage than any free agent has ever had, which is why Dallas has to get Dak signed to a long-term deal that right now doesn't appear to be in sight, but that could change very quickly. And that's why Dak is the most sensitive of all the quarterback issues. All right, before we get to the sports version of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, that being the interview with Jalen Hurts, have a few things I need to tell you. If you haven't already listened to First Take, Her Take, you're missing out. Host Charlie Arnold, Kimberly Martin, and Cheney Agumake discuss their lives and culture while also diving into the biggest stories in sports. To highlight International Women's Month, this week they have Good Morning America's Robin Roberts. Be sure to download and subscribe to First Take, Her Take wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Stephen A's World streams weekdays on ESPN Plus, bringing fans Stephen A. Smith's entertaining perspective and deep expertise with signature guests. The best interviews from Stephen A's World are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and watch Stephen A's World on ESPN+. And now, on to today's guest, Jalen Hurts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Hello. Jalen. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Man, I can't complain. Uh, can't complain. <laughs> what, what is Jalen Hurts doing in his downtime here getting ready for 2021 season, Jalen? Yes, sir. I'm just, I'm really just grinding, grinding, um, spending some time with some families family and friends, uh, but really getting it in and, you know, preparing myself for, for this upcoming season. And working with the same trainer that trained Patrick Mahomes, Bobby Stroop, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm getting a lot of good work in with him. A lot, a lot of, you know, that, that guy has a lot of knowledge. I mean, I, you know, I just wanted to be a part of it, you know. I, I, I trust him and um, also working with Quincy Avery as well. So um, I, I'm excited. Getting a lot of good work in, getting a lot of productive work in. Now, you've worked with Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach, in the past, right? But Bobby is a new addition, correct? Well, I've, um, I was with Bobby a little bit, maybe for like a few days. Yeah. I, I have a relationship with him. Yeah. Um, he's a Texas guy. I'm a Texas guy. You know, obviously, they're from Tyler, East Texas. I'm from Houston, Texas. But I felt like it was the right time to get it going with him. So, here I am. What's it like for a Texas guy to live and work in Philadelphia? <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit different, you know. Um, Run up, I'm used to, obviously, the weather being different, um, humidity being crazy, and uh, the weather just being unpredictable. Where in Philly, you know, you kind of 
can can gauge it off of what time of the year it is with what, what you're going to get and everything's a little bit closer closer up north than it is down south you know the texas louisiana alabama mississippi area but um it's fun um it's fun it's been good down there in philly did, did i remember hearing this year jalen that you played in the snow for the first time is that accurate yes sir um going going into what was it, the green bay game where i threw my first touchdown i mean i we're playing and, you know, they throw me in there and, you know, we're having fun playing ball, doing whatever. And, you know, we got some momentum going. <laughs> we're on the sideline talking. And then um, I see, I see like, you know, it's cold. Obviously it was cold, cold. And I see <laughs> snow coming from the sky, you know, little flurries, but I call it snow. Not, you know, it, it, it was, it was snow to me at that moment. And it was real cold. Something, something I'd never uh, done before. And what was your reaction and experience playing in it like? I, you know, they, they have so much stuff down there to keep you warm and um, the benches being warm, um, different things that they, that they can do to accommodate for the weather and how cold it is. So I really couldn't tell. That's why I was so surprised. I didn't feel that cold. But when I saw the snow coming down, I'm like, okay, yeah, it is, it is that cold. So it was, it was a fun, it's a fun story. How will you remember your first season with the Eagles, Jalen? I think I'll remember it as a, I think I'll remember it as a true learning experience, like anything and everything else that I've, you know, I've um, kind of gone through and dealt with. I think I'm grateful for the opportunity of of being drafted to the Eagles and and us being in the position I am in now. But nonetheless, a lot a lot to learn from for me. You know, I'm very. You know, I'm very critical of myself, and I hold my myself to the highest of high standards when it comes to um, doing things the way you know I want to do them. And it's a lot that I can learn from from that first year. Um, a lot of good, a lot of bad. I'm excited to improve and uh, you know learn from those things, and, and hopefully uh, do some special things in here too. So when you look back and try to learn from those things, what do you hope to improve on in your second season in the NFL? You know, one thing I've grown to realize, and, and I've, I've, you hear it all the time, and how important consistency is, just being consistent in everything that I do, um, you know, and, and, there's, and there's always room for improvement in every, in every asset, every part of the game, whether that's, um, you know, on the field stuff, off the field stuff, you know, how you lead, you know, you lead different people differently, you know, everybody communicates differently, and understanding that as a leader of as a football team and as a quarterback. So um, just just doing every – being consistent in everything that I do. Um, consistent, reads progressions, completing it, leading, um, communicating, relationships, all of those things. And how do you get better in those areas during the offseason? Is that with working with Quincy Avery, with Bobby Stroop? What else do you do to get better in those areas during the time off? I think you simply, you know, you have to – a bit of relationships, you got to check in. You know, it's your teammates, shoot them a text here and a phone call. You know, it's like Michael Jordan always said, you want to you wanna get your jump shot better, you shoot the ball. <laughs> you know, mm. you shoot threes. You want a better three, you shoot the three. So, uh, for me, it's just simply stroking it, getting on the grass and getting good work in and, um, you know, just, just grinding, grinding at it every day. Any of your teammates coming down there to work out with you at all? Uh, we're we're, we're going to plan something at some point. It, it, it's all based off of when we have to report. If it's virtual, then we're definitely playing something. What are your thoughts on heading into your second season as the presumed starting quarterback? 
I think, you know, nothing changes for me and my mindset. Going in every day, trying to get better as a player, um, be be the best leader I can be, impact the guys around me. And um, ultimately, you know, it's just about winning football games and being consistent and doing that. So um, my, my mentality, you know, it, it, it doesn't alter not one bit. And what was your reaction to the team trading Carson? I mean, it kind of kept the same mentality that I've, I've had this whole time in terms of what I could control and um, me being the best player I can be. Um, that ain't that ain't too much of my business, so I don't I don't get into that. So when it comes down and he is traded, were you surprised? I think it was just an opportunity for me. Um, I think it it shows the trust and what they think I can be as a player. So I'm, I want to prove them right. And what did you learn from Carson working with him during your first season in the NFL, Jalen? You know, Carson has a lot of um, he has a lot of experience. You know, his five years of experience I've always said is is is, is a lot more to my one um, or my four games rather. But um, just just seeing how he, how he handles stuff on the on the field, being around all the quarterbacks in that room and um, coaches as well, just seeing their perspective of the game, their point of view of the game, and seeing what they like to do you know, what they don't like to do and just learning from it. You know, I, I try and be a sponge and soak in as much as I can, you know, and every player is different, you know, so just just, just being around it, being around professionals doing their job and learning from them. You got to be around him every day, so what do you expect him to do this season in Indianapolis? I send him my blessings. I wish him nothing, nothing but the best, and I hope, I hope he takes off. I hope he has a great, great remainder of his career. Did you have any interaction and communication with him after the trade, Jalen? No, sir. And going into this season and this offseason, we have a lot of your former Alabama teammates in this draft. You played with Jalen Waddle. You played with Devontae Smith. Tell me a little bit about each of them and the pro you think that they might be. I think, you know, I just saw something how I just saw something about Waddle saying he's different. And, and he is different. You know, he's a, he's a heck of a player, a great, a great friend of mine, a little brother to me. I mean, the things he can do with the ball in his hands, his, his speed, athleticism, high point the ball, uh, there, there's not anything he can't do. And then Devontae Smith, he's like a smooth criminal, criminal, you know, uh, <laughs> such a smooth, such a, such a smooth route runner, attacks the ball, strong hands, size, Size is never an issue with him. He, he's so strong with his hands, um, and he's a hell of a player himself. I remember being at the Combine in Indianapolis. I had to be five years ago, and I was talking to, at the time, Eli Apple, who was coming out of Ohio State, and I said to him, Jalen, I said, of all the guys you play with at Ohio State, who's going to be the best pro? And there were like a dozen prospects from Ohio State headed into the draft that mm-hmm. year. And he looked at me and he said, Michael Thomas. And I always remember that. And he went on to explain how the guy works so hard and he's so talented. And sure enough, Eli Apple was a better talent evaluator than many of the talent evaluators out there. So I would say to you, as somebody who played at Alabama, who played at Oklahoma, who's played with so many great players, who's the one guy that you would look at and say, he's going to be a great pro? That's a great that's a great question. Gotta think about that one. <laughs> well, you know, how about this? Think about it, Alabama. Who's the one guy that impressed you there that you say, Man, I can't believe that guy's skill set because there are so many great players that you play with there. Based off your question, I give you two guys two guys come to mind with that. Yeah. Really, really a whole bunch of guys come to mind with that. <laughs> um, you know, the things that the things that Calvin really 
just just watching the move, run, hmm. attack the ball, cut, get open. I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of Calvin Ridley, and I think Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, he, he, you know, the sky's the limit for him. So we're a big Jalen Waddle fan. So we wouldn't mind if Jalen Waddle made his way to Philadelphia at number six. <laughs> I ain't that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you cut out to handle this Philadelphia market. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my part this offseason and, you know, put that work in. And um, like I said, have a special one this upcoming year. We got a lot of talent and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When you talk about this being a potential special one, what would that entail? What what would make this season special for you, Jalen? Just 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 going out there and playing together, going out there playing together, winning football games, and you know, making a run. I think that's what we all play play for. You know, everybody plays to win championships. So, I mean, I think you shouldn't be playing the game if if, if that's not your mindset. And you've won a national championship at Alabama. You've won a Big Twelve championship and gone to the college football playoff at Oklahoma. Could you even imagine what it would be like to win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia? I can't. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't, you know. I can't. It's crazy. It, 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 I'm sure it'll be surreal, you know. It'll be surreal. And when we look back at our first year, what will be the one memory you take away? I think as a competitor, just, you know, not, not getting in the playoffs, not getting in the playoffs and, and putting ourselves in a position to make a run. Um, and potentially do something special. So that that's what I remember the most, you know, just like in college. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things that I had to endure in college and, uh, you know, a lot of things that kind of went on along my path and along my journey. But the one I remember the most is my freshman year when I, I thought, or everybody thought I scored the game when it touched down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we ended up coming, coming up short in the national, national title game in Tampa. So, that you, you remember you remember you remember the bad things before you remember the good things that's yeah. for sure and what do you take from that what do you learn from that one Jalen finish you know every, everything matters everything matters appreciate every moment and take advantage of every moment well I appreciate you giving us some of your moments this offseason we wish you luck down there in Texas continue to get the work in continue to carry yourself like you do today and always have and we wish you the best of luck this season and we'll be following along I appreciate you brother have a good one And there is the interview with Jalen Hurts and all he had to say about the current situation in Philadelphia. As I said to him, he really knows how to answer a question and handle himself the right way. Feels like he's been through these situations before, which he has, I guess, competing with Tua at Alabama and going on to Oklahoma and being put into some of the situations that he has. He handled it with grace, with class. And I would imagine that the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback job is in good hands with Jalen Hurts moving ahead into the 2021 season. All right, as we begin to move ahead, it's hard also not to look back. And this is the one year anniversary of the pandemic. And I think back to where we all were one year ago, and we all can think back on how the world was turned upside down, on how everything around us changed how the way we led our lives, conducted our business, all went out the window. For me personally, we are now past the one-year mark. I think this is actually the one-year anniversary of the last single night that I spent away from my house in Bristol, Connecticut. Used to stay there every week, one or two nights a week, back and forth to Bristol, from New York, 
stay in the hotel up there, regularly be inside ESPN headquarters. I have not spent a single night away from my house in a year now, which is incomprehensible to me. And that week is still so vivid. Everything about it, getting home from the combine and then being thrust into the throes of this pandemic that still reverberates today. I think we've gotten a better handle on it. I want to think that the best is still ahead, that we will come out on the other side of this. But that year, man, oh, man, just a side note. I remember being at the vet. Our oldest dog passed away that Friday, March 13th. And I was in the vet's office on the floor tending to her as I'm getting text messages that the NBA just shut down as the college basketball tournament teams are backing out and shutting down as football free agency is about to begin. We're trying to figure out Tom Brady. All this is going on as I'm tending to my dying dog, Maggie, the great Labradoodle. And that just reinforced all the sadness of that time. Uh, Again, it's one of those times in our lives we always will remember. I'm sure you remember exactly where you were one year ago this week. And hopefully there are sunny days, more sunny days ahead for all of us. I also want to pay my respects to Mark Pavlich, a member of the U.S. Miracle on Ice hockey team that passed away this past weekend in a very unfortunate set of circumstances. It looks like he had a troubled life at the end when he died this past weekend at the age of 64. And when I think back to the Miracle on Ice, he actually was my favorite player on that team, more so than Michael Ruzioni or Jim Craig or any player that stood out. Mark Pavlich was a shorter, grittier, tougher, feistier, who always played his... I love people like that. I love players like that who just fight with everything they have. And here's a guy that to me was the heart and soul of that team. And I happened to be in Minnesota for a Monday night game when we were doing Monday night countdown the night before Christmas last year. And they honored some members of the U S Olympic hockey team. And as much as I was thrilled to see them there that day, Mark Pavlich was the one who I truly always admired and respected and most appreciated. And he lost his life this past week at the age of 64 I just want to pay my respects to the Pavlich family, his friends, everyone associated with him. He was 63 years old, actually. 63. Man, unbelievable. So thank you, Mark Pavlich, for all you did for USA Hockey, uh, for the Miracle on Ice team, and for all the memories that you provided. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week to the Adam Schefter Podcast. I want to thank Jalen Hurts for taking time out of his schedule and training to give us some time and insight into what he has experienced here in recent weeks. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me and putting together this podcast. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week in what is, to me, the single busiest week of the NFL year, the start of the new league year. There's comings, goings, trades, moves. It's going to be nonstop. And the storm is coming. And it's going to be coming here, and we will be addressing it on the Adam Schefter podcast next week. Until then, be well and stay safe.